0: I'm glad you got to finish this one. Uh, I feel like it was uh, kind of daunting. Like I, 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 when we started this, I didn't want to do like Scorsese or like Tarantino, like right away, uh-huh. just because it seems very film broy, which yeah. is a, a negative connotation amongst a lot of the ladies on the internet these days. But considering the time it came out, I yeah. think it's, I think it's worth it. And I think we've 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 shown that we have a variety of different things that we like uh, enough to yeah. to merit to do this one. So, For sure. You ready to go then? Yep. All right, man. Well, let's play it again, man.
1: You must remember this A kiss is just a kiss Good morning, Vietnam!
2: We gonna need a bigger boat. Erica!
1: Erica! Erica! Hasta la vista, baby
0: what's up everybody it's steven here i'm here with jason what's up and we are going to do quentin tarantino's uh directorial debut reservoir dogs that was released on october 8th 1992 which was 20 years ago this year um so that's why we're doing it and like we we're saying i felt that it was uh it was time that we we'd stepped into the world of tarantino we did a little poll on the instagram a little while ago and you guys voted overwhelmingly so that we should do these uh, all the tarantino films in chronological order and that's what we'll be doing we're not going to do them back to back but you know um as the episodes go on they'll they'll all be in order but like I said, Reservoir Dogs, nineteen ninety two, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, and uh, had a budget of one point two million dollars, and it made two point nine million dollars. So That's not that a great. not a huge not a huge financial success, but through Sundance and through word of mouth, because this is pre internet for all you yeah. young kids out there um this is this like you it was all word of mouth people saw this movie and a lot of people hated it because of how violent it was a lot of people loved it but it um definitely laid the groundwork for quentin tarantino's entire career and uh yeah so let's get into it and start at the beginning like we always do and talk about when we first saw this movie or when we first remember seeing it or when it became like relevant to us I remember seeing it because uh, my brother, my brother, told me about it because yeah. I had seen Pulp Fiction already, yeah, um, or we had all seen it already. And and then um, I want to say I was in high school, and he told me about it because he had just seen it around that time with his friends, and him. And you him, said he was in high school, or you were? Uh, yeah. Well, he had just maybe graduated high school. Okay. Yeah. He, so he's four years older than me. Uh-huh. So yeah, I think he had just graduated, and I was a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Around there. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Four years. So, um, you know, this is not totally irrelevant, but it's what got me into, like, action, like, crime yeah. type movies. Yeah, yeah. Really influenced me. It was my brother and the movies him and his friends would watch. Oh, no, for sure. That, having older siblings, that's a yeah. huge, like, huge deal. This, um, another movie was The Killer which is a Chinese uh, film oh, by okay, John okay. Woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know which one. And, and he would tell me about that movie all the time. And mm-hmm. then that's the movie on the Wu-Tang clip that they're talking about. Yeah. Well he's like, who's got my killer tape, God? Yeah. And they're talking about the movie, The Killer. Right. And... You know, that's why he watched that movie was because they were Wu-Tang. huge Wu-Tang fans. Yeah. And then I wanted to watch it, and he told me about it. And of he's course, like, of course. He's like, here you go, man. Watch Reservoir Dogs. We just saw this one. This one's dope. Yeah. He's like, it takes place in this one building, basically. Dude, yeah. It's you great. Know? It's great. And he's like, and it it's sick. You're going to love it. I was like, all right. And I think, I don't know, got my hands on it somehow, DVD. Yeah, yeah. And By then, that time, DVDs were, were pretty, yeah. pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching it. And video stores were still fucking in full yeah. swing kicking. And watched it and didn't love it as much as uh, oh, Pulp Fiction. As Pulp uh, Fiction, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I grew, I grew to really understand it and love the movie. Yeah, of course. So for me, same thing with me. I saw Pulp Fiction first, um, and that was a movie that, and I, I think we've talked about it. There was a couple movies that my mom was like, "You don't watch these movies." When <laughs> yeah. everything else, I could watch Goodfellas, yeah. Scarface, all this shit. For the record, let me say that too about my mom. Yeah, all these movies were watched. Late at night, yeah, or, or at while, a friend's while, house while they're at work, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Never when she's around, yeah. So, um you know, I had always, I'd always known about Pulp Fiction, and then, dude, the the pop culture references, oh and, yeah, and everything else. After that, it's in Space Jam, it's in like, dude, there's a, in the Simpsons, everything. The, just the suits alone, yeah. Right? It's it's like it's so iconic. So black and white suits. The we had it on VHS from when it came out until the time i saw it um which was somewhere around i want to say like eighth grade uh at that point i was i didn't really give a shit what anybody told me to or not to watch so i was just running through all our vhs and i put it on and um i'll go into more detail when we do pulp fiction but i was just fucking thought it was the coolest thing i ever fucking seen it was just so great um, so I watched it over and over again. Fucking learned like every scene word for word and everything like that. And then I think uh, I met a friend in junior high uh, around that time. And we became like... We, he was a movie buff and we really became really good friends. And we would show each other like, oh, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Passing DVDs back and forth. And he gave me a copy of Reservoir Dogs. He's like, oh, Quentin Tarantino did this. this is a dude that fucking... Um, did Jackie Brown and blah, blah, blah and uh, and Pulp Fiction? So I was like, oh, sick. So I brought it home and I watched it. And obviously, like I said, like you said, it's not Pulp Fiction, but I was already so captive. This is really, really when I stepped away from liking movies and like thinking about writing them or like transitioning to thinking like how they were made. Yeah. So w- watching this movie, knowing it was his first movie um the fact that he it's all shot in one single location and it's very low budget i was just like dang you did all this with story and like the characters and making them compelling and that's just fucking really like a really cool outing for like a first-time director so i instantly became like really really infatuated with the movie and then i bought my own copy um Back then, they were selling. uh, They they had just released like a a re release of the DVDs, so they had options to buy. uh, I think they had Mister Pink, Mister White, and Mister Blonde like covers, like with the sleeve on it. I bought Mister Pink because he's my favorite character, Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, ever ever since then, I was just fucking Tarantino fanboy like crazy. So, yeah, that's uh, where we were when we first got into reservoir dogs um so next we can talk about the cast and he's in the cast and he also wrote and directed this movie so we have to talk about quentin tarantino you know he is one of the biggest directors of all time now nowadays um pretty much his name is synonymous synonymous with cinema kind of like spielberg and a bunch of other people yeah. <clears throat> but uh yeah we you know i think over the years we've all become kind of familiar with the lore of quentin tarantino he's a huge film buff grew up in southern california worked in a video store mm-hmm. knew more about fucking movies than anybody else it's crazy man. anywhere I yeah Cyclopedia. yeah it's insane it's insane um and then he wrote he wrote two two scripts that i think he sold before um before he did reservoir dogs uh true romance i think he sold it for dude like really really cheap i yeah. can't remember the number but it's like insane but um his writing and he's doing couch surfing at the time and everything and then he met lawrence bender which was his longtime producer and they they created the production company A part um and they got their money together and i think what really um what brought this movie together was harvey keitel harvey keitel got yeah. wind of it and he um he really liked liked the script and wanted to be part of it so his pool was really the genesis of what got the wheels rolling mm-hmm. um but like we said Quentin Tarantino he makes this movie it's probably one of the best directorial debuts like ever probably, yeah. um it's it's insane there there's there's problems with this movie there's little things that I yeah. that I found here and there that yeah. I was just like oh it's kind of bad but i mean for the budget that they had and you know there's not a lot of set pieces and everything like we said it's just insane so he does this movie not a great success but like we said word of mouth got around and it launched his career then he does pulp fiction in 1994 um two years later and that fucking movie is just insanely good there's so like i said about the whole film bros thing like there's a lot of consensus about like oh and he's always had critics um yeah it's too violent. It's too this, too that. It's too misogynist and all this stuff. I, I get that if it's not your type of movie, it's not if you don't like the genre or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, and that's a that's a. Fine... It's easy to take it at face value. Yeah. and not Look deeper into. But, for what it's doing with the genre, there's nobody that can legitimately and honestly say that it's not doing what it's supposed to well. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, that's fine, mm-hmm. but you can't sit there and be like, oh, this isn't a well made movie. And the star talent in that movie, and the performances he gets out of the actors, oh, and yeah. the writing is so crisp. And the and you know, his ca- I was looking at some of his camera work and his blo- blocking you know it seems like there's a lot of longer takes out of necessity because he doesn't have enough time or enough money to you know get close ups of everybody yeah. but in pulp fiction he he really he just fucking takes takes charge of like the whole movie visually and that movie's nominated for a bunch of oscars i think he wins for best original screenplay yeah. john travolta wins for best supporting actor which uh Samuel Jackson was nominated too, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um which is a bummer because I think that's Samuel Jackson's probably like best role. I don't yeah. know if he's ever gonna top that one. That that like is Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Like, yeah, like 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 uh <laughs> in um in Chappelle's show yeah. when they do you know <laughs> yeah. haven't you seen See my, my movies? movies? Like that yeah. started that. Yeah, and that was him, like uh-huh. from then on. And then ever since any other movie you see, like when he starts doing that, you're like, This is Jules. It's Jules. Yeah. <laughs> Can't help <laughs> it. A man from Inglewood. Yeah. Um Yeah, so then he goes on, does Jackie Brown, which I fucking love Jackie Brown. Yeah. It's such a sick movie. But yeah. it was kind it was a little bit panned by critics at the time and it didn't make a lot of money. So yeah. um he he kinda takes a long time to come out with his next uh project which is Kill Bill in 2003. Um and when I first saw that movie, I enjoyed it immensely, Love that movie. but nowhere near to the degree that I like thought it like how good pulp fiction is. Um and I've come to appreciate it more and more over the years for sure, mm-hmm. but it was just something about that genre, like you know, that revenge action stuff that he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um I, I I like I said really loved it, but I was just like, oh, he's better than than this, as dumb of a statement as that is, because those movies are amazing. Right. But um, how did how did you feel? Because it's a it's a huge because he's always doing crime drama and then he jumps genres. So how did you feel when that Kill Bill? Yeah, I fucking love it. I, I mean I love martial arts movies like that's yeah. that's that's your a, shit. Another big genre for me mm. and I love all you know the Bruce Lee references which is also amazing yeah of course and and then it shows like another um, you know another side like you said of his you know like movies he grew up watching yeah. which is kung fu films mm-hmm. and and then incorporating RZA to do yeah to, to do the, the soundtrack, soundtrack which is that was also his amazing. shit growing yeah, up amazing. was kung fu films amazing fucking dope hell, dope as hell yeah and um and I don't know. It's it's one of my favorites. It's up there. It's not my favorite, but it's definitely up there. And I'm always down I mean, I'm always down to watch any Tarantino movie. But that's definitely up there. Volume one or volume two? Uh I think I like I think I like two better. You're a goddamn liar. There's no way anybody that says they like volume two better than volume one, they're fucking lying. hold Hold on. One is with um the the crazy, the crazy. 88s. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry. That's volume one. I always get it mixed up, dude. Yeah, I dude. Volume two is really sick for a lot of different reasons. But anybody that's like, oh, I like volume two better, just, you're a fucking cold faced lie. Yeah, dude. no, Bill, uh, volume one. Yeah. Um, and then after that, he does. Uh, he works on Death Proof, uh, the double feature yeah. that he did with uh, Robert Rodriguez. Death Proof, I really really enjoy. Um, it's cool. Yeah, a lot of people. I know a lot of people that really like it, and then I know a lot of people that are like meh yeah, about it. I, I I think that it was uh, when I heard they were both making horror movies, I was really excited. But you never, whenever you think you know what you're gonna get from Quentin Tarantino, he always subverts your expectations. Yeah. So when I watched it, I uh, everybody on the press junkets and everything, you learn about the about the story and everything. And when I watched it, I was like, this wasn't what I thought it was going to be but this was fucking really cool Um, and there was parts where I was really terrified specifically just for that chick Zoe uh, I can't remember her last name she's a stunt woman yeah oh in there. Dude, that, when she's on top of the sick. car like yeah. watching that part I was like sweating buckets dude yeah, yeah. just because like she's really on that she's car really and, that and it's fucking insane Um, and then so those t- three films I feel like they weren't on par with his previous work and then in 2009, he drops *Inglorious Bastards. Mm. And I remember going into that fucking movie and watching it. And again, Quentin Tarantino's making a movie about Nazi, like World War II Nazi killers or whatever. Thought it, and Specifically because of Kill Bill, I thought it was going to be action-packed, not all all this shit. But he returns to that high-tension mm-hmm. conversations and fucking then subverts your reality again because he fucking annihilates Kills Hitler, Hitler and, yeah. and everything like that. And that movie ends and I was like, He's fucking back, dude. Yeah, like he's that was he's so he's good. he's so back. And it and it's like it has that moment at the end with uh Brad Pitt looking in the camera and he's like, I think this might be my, my masterpiece. masterpiece. It's like Quentin Tarantino talking tell, to the audience. Oh yeah, telling you. Which yeah. I was just like, Yes, so there for it. Um and then after that he does Hateful Eight. Right? I think that's the next one. Um No. Django oh Django okay so this one I was really excited for because there's a video game that came out in um the early 2000s that's oh well people know Red Dead Redemption the video game now but there was a video game that that came from it was called Red Dead Revolver um it was kind of a prequel or a different story but when I played it the characters the music the setting the story everything about it I was like this is like if Quentin Tarantino made a western movie and yeah. I couldn't imagine something cooler happening than doing it. Django and Chain gets announced and I was like fuck yes this is fucking awesome. Yeah, I love Django. Went and watched that movie, I enjoyed it immensely. Um, the only problem I had with it I was like this isn't really a western so much as it's like a southern like it takes place like in the south during slavery and yeah. everything. So there's no sprawling like deserts and all, all that other stuff, but yeah. it was still so much fun and really, really cool to finally see uh, Leonardo DiCaprio playing a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And boy, is he bad in that movie! Yeah, um, it w- it was awesome. I-, I remember watching it Christmas Day, and it was it was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then after that, he does Hateful Eight. I was excited again to hear that he was going to do a Western movie, and instead of having landscapes and deserts and everything everybody's <laughs> trapped in a fucking room for yeah for the entire movie um but i, I really like that movie i didn't like it as much when i saw it but i watched it again and i was like you know what i actually do like this movie um especially because like now there's well the kurt russell's in it for one yeah they actually use some of the score from the thing in it and then if you look at the story in general it's pretty much the thing but as a western right um everybody's suspicious of one another somebody somebody, yeah somebody's evil whatever and then uh after that the last one that he's done is once upon a time in hollywood and that movie when it came out i watched it i enjoyed it and walking out of the theater i just thought to myself i i'm pretty sure every time i see this movie i'm gonna like it more than the last time i saw it and that ended up being true how do you feel about that? Last I, one? I like that one too. I, I haven't seen it that much. I, I think I've maybe seen it twice, mm-hmm. three times, but I really do like it a lot. Yeah, I think I've seen it like three, four times. Um, But to have Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio together yeah, like is powerful um, as fuck. Yeah, and Brad Pitt and that, just instantly so cool, and I just remember my palms were so fucking sweaty when brad pitt's on the ranch and he's walking in that house oh i was God, like because yeah. you like his character so much right from the beginning yeah and you know knowing quentin tarantino this motherfucker could die right now yeah. <laughs> it was it was crazy but um yeah and so quentin tarantino says he's only got one more left in him before he wants to move on from the uh from the medium um so we'll see what happens with that i think he's full of shit but maybe um Maybe he'll do like a like a TV show or something. Maybe something like that. He's not like film or just like directing. He, he in said general. he's not going to direct anymore after oh, shit. that because he says he wants to finish in his prime, pretty much. Okay. Um, but yeah, so Hold on. sorry we we glossed over one that is a personal favorite. I think of both of ours from Dust Till Dawn. Oh yeah, uh, I was <laughs> going to bring up his acting credits too because we we talked okay. about him in, in Desperado. And then he's also in From Dusk Till Dawn, which he's but fantastic. But that's in. his movie also, right? No, Robert Rodriguez directed that. I thought they combined their two stories. He wrote it, but Robert Rodriguez directed the movie. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was thinking then, that, that he wrote half that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screenplay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's awesome in that movie. Fucking weird creep. He's in a bunch of other, like, he's in this really weird, uh, I think it's, Japanese cowboy movie? Oh, I've seen that. It's fucking crazy. Um, Sukiyaki something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that movie. Uh, but yeah, that's enough on Quentin Tarantino. Um, we, we'll talk about him again when we do the next one. And yeah, uh, yeah so let's move on to the rest of the cast. Um, also, he plays Mr. Brown in this movie. He's got a very small role. Talks about Madonna at the beginning. Everybody knows that story. But um, yeah, so next we got Harvey Keitel, who plays mr white aka larry harvey Keitel, instant badass pretty much every time you see him on screen um he really started popping off in the early 70s he worked with martin scorsese on mean streets and then again in taxi driver as a pimp in 1967 or 1976 i mean um he's in apocalypse now so he worked with francis ford coppola he worked with um really Scott on the du- on the duelist uh Bad Lieutenant 1992 same oh, year yeah. as this uh, Pulp Fiction 1994 he plays Winston Wolfe and he's fucking so cool for school too cool for school in that movie um from Dust Till Dawn 1996 like we've said he's a big player in that one and spending in so much stuff after that a lot of different a lot of different movies but most recently you might have seen him in Martin Scorsese's The Irishman how would you feel about that movie I haven't even finished it Yeah um not one of Scorsese's best I tried watching that movie Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, and it was right after we finished eating. Oh, dude, you're gonna knock out. Like we got back to Melissa's house, and mm-hmm. then we were chilling. I was like, "Hey, let's put on the Irishman." It had just come out around yeah, that time. Yeah, yeah. Got an hour into it and fell asleep. Yeah, it's, I was like, it's "Why a, did I choose right now to watch?" It's this? a it's a, it's a long one, and it's I need to restart it though. Yeah, watch it all the way through. It's it's crazy, but yeah, he he plays Mr. White in this movie, and he's fucking so good. I love how I think he's my favorite. How movie. yeah, he he's he's easily a lot of people's favorite. Um I like how angry he gets. He seems the most level-headed yeah. next to Mr. Pink probably. Um but yeah, he's um he's great in this movie. So next up we have Tim Roth who plays Mr. Orange, aka Freddy. Um the rat. Mm-hmm. And uh he got he's a british actor and i'm pretty sure a lot of people could tell that's not his real accent yeah. um in the movie and he came out in a few films in the 80s and became part of a group known as the brit pack instead of like the rat pack mm-hmm. and the brat pack that were american actors in the 80s um movies like uh meantime and made in britain but he really didn't start getting his uh big break until he was in reservoir dogs in 1993 and he shows up at the beginning plays uh Ringo in Pulp Fiction 1994. He's in a movie called Four Rooms which yep. we've talked about um that I'm glad you've seen because I definitely want to do it on this podcast yeah. at some point. Um he's in a movie called Hoodlum with Lawrence Fishburne oh, yeah. in 1997. I yeah. Like that movie. And he's probably the only good thing about Tim Burton's adaptation of Planet of the Apes in 2001. Yeah, he's really um, good in that. And he's honestly the only good thing about that movie. I feel like uh, he's in a movie called funny games that came out in 2007 that I really, really enjoy with Michael Pitt and Naomi Watts. Um, and then he was the abomination in the incredible Hulk he's movie, in uh, in 2008, that's when the MCU first launched and it kind of got off to a rocky start cause not a lot of people like the Hulk movie. But, um, then he had a, he had a series on Fox called lie to me from 2009 to 2011 and he worked with Tarantino again in uh 2015 when he did The Hateful Eight. Uh apart from his accent, I think he's pretty good in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's pretty good in most of everything else that I've seen him in. Yeah. Um he's got a lot of range. Uh a lot of people talk about overacting in this movie (laughs) but for me personally i think if there's any situation where any people (laughs) were acting like the people in this movie this is the fucking situation so i never really enjoyed the whole oh they're overacting especially when he gets shot when he gets shot when Harvey Keitel's going off, when Chris Penn's fucking going off, like, dude, I I don't think anybody's yeah. overacting in this movie. Nobody would be keeping it cool in a situation like Nobody. that. Nobody. Nobody would be like, oh, let me make sure I don't say this funny or I don't say this weird. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, or this, no, I say the no. wrong word here. Like, you would be fucking up. You yeah. would be like or hysterical, scre- screaming at the top of your. You'd lungs. You'd be hysterical, like dude. Like, even um, even these guys who have probably killed a bunch of a times, bunch of people. Yeah, like. For some reason, this this moment, this thing is like... Well, I mean, uh, Mr. Pink says uh, that part. is like, everybody panics, but you panic in your head. and you Blah, 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 yeah. whatever. Have you seen that movie Gridlock that Tim Roth is in with Tupac? Uh, I think I have, yeah, yeah but a long time ago. <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, he's, he's great in this movie. And then next up, we have... Real quick, let me ask you a question about Tim Roth. Sure. Do you think he could have played... Uh, um Gary Oldman's role in the professional. I think he could have. I don't think it would have been as good. Or wait, I'm sorry. Not not professional. Um True Romance. As the Jamaican dude. <laughs> oh, oh man. I feel like he could have um, pulled it off. I think he could have done it too. <laughs> yeah, and I think it would have been just as good, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um damn, that's funny. <laughs> Uh all right. Uh so next up we got Steve Buscemi. We talked about him a little bit on another a previous pod. He plays Mr. Pink in this movie. He's my favorite character by far. Um but he's been in so much shit. He's in. he's like we said, I think we talked about how he became an actor. He won the lottery, took acting classes. He used to be a fireman. Um helped on 9/11, American true American hero. Hmm. Um 1992 he does Pulp Fiction or er, er, uh Reservoir Dogs, so he starts getting some clout. He'd also worked with the Coen brothers on Barton Fink before that. Pulp Fiction comes out in 1994. He's got a small role in that. Um, Fargo, 96. He's great in that movie. He's a Funny looking guy. Uh, Conair, 97, which hopefully will do that movie soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Lebowski plays Donnie. He's of fucking course. classic in that movie. Hardly has any lines, but he's one of the funniest characters. <laughs> uh, 1998, Armageddon with uh, his buddy Bruce Willis. Then he's in all the Sand like a bunch of the Sandler films, Billy Madison, Mr. Deeds, Wedding Singer just has some of the funniest stuff in all those movies. He's in a movie I really like called Ghost World in two thousand one. Um, I think I've seen that, but I yeah, can't remember. It's, it's it. like a young Scarlett Johansson and Thora Birch. They're like yeah, just graduated high school. I think I've seen that. But he's he's just been in so much shit and we've talked about him a lot. He's my favorite character in this movie. He's just so as intense as the situation is, he's the most level-headed person in there. He's thinking straight. He's the one. If anybody was going to get away, he would be the one to get away because he's just not letting his emotions get the best of him. Um, but Wait, yeah, he's in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, he what plays part? he plays but- Buddy Holly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. How about you, Peggy Sue? That's right, that's right. Um, and then uh, after that, we have my second favorite character, Chris Penn, who plays nice guy Eddie. <laughs> uh chris penn has been in a lot of shit man yeah. um he was in footloose 1984 he's in pale rider with clint eastwood best of the best yes in 1988 I uh, in 1989 that one. i remember i had seen him in so many different things when he was older and fat so when i saw that movie <laughs> yeah. i was like dude chris Penn doing karate and shit uh, i don't taekwondo. know taekwondo taekwondo sorry 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 um i don't want to f- offend anybody um <laughs> he's in true romance he's in rush hour uh He's in Rush Hour. I think he's in Rush Hour 2 also, right? I don't remember him in 2. He's definitely in 1. He's definitely yeah. in 1. And unfortunately, uh, he died in 2006. I'm not sure of what, but he'll be missed. Um, and I don't think we mentioned he's a brother of Sean Penn. Sean Penn, Penn. yeah. Uh, and then after that, we have Michael Madsen, who plays Mr. Blonde, a.k.a. Toothpick Vic Vega. <laughs> Um, Michael Madsen, got an interesting career. Been a lot of shit. He was in Reservoir Dogs in 1992. Um, he famously turned down uh, Pulp Fiction to be in that god awful wide up movie with <sighs> Kevin Man. Costner. Um, that's why turned, uh, Travolta got the role, and he was changed to Vincent Vega, yeah. which is supposed to be Vic Vega's brother in that universe um he's in species and i think the sequel as well in 1995 uh did a lot of shit in the 90s he kind of fell off um he's in free willy in 1993 um and just did a lot of independent stuff i feel like he got market corrected by uh tom sizemore mm, um yeah he shows up in sin city in 2005 he's got a s- small role in that I but do I, a lot of the same roles i i uh i like him in that one and then he plays Bill's brother Bud uh, in, uh, fucking Kill Bill Volume One or Volume One and Volume Two, um, which I think he's great. And then he shows up again with Tarantino in The Hateful Eight. Yeah. Uh Him in this movie, I remember watching it for the first time, and I was like, "Dang, this guy's fucking cool." He's a great villain. And then you find out how fucking insane he is. Yeah. Um, and you're just like, oh shit, that's fucking nuts. Um. Uh, that's pretty much the main cast. I uh didn't do too much research on everybody else, but I mean yes. we got to we got to mention um we got to mention the other the other cast members. Like I said, uh Tarantino plays Mr. Brown, Lawrence Tierney plays Joe, mm-hmm. um Eddie Bunker plays Mr. Blue, mm-hmm. and Steven Wright the comedian plays K Billy DJ. Uh and I feel like that's the only people that we need to mention everybody yeah. else is pretty pretty minuscule um, but yeah that's the cast I think it's perfectly cast um, can't really think of anybody like a lot of other people that could have replaced these people it just works really really well but um let's get into it and let's talk about the movie and our favorite parts of it okay so what do you what do you got up first um I have just the the opening scene at the restaurant Right, you know, and they're talking, having that conversation. Very, like this is probably right after they they have like they give each other their names, you know. Yeah, they have the meeting, and they're like, "Okay, now let's go get breakfast," you know. And then they're like, just you know, just hanging out, having a chill ass conversation about fucking Madonna and yeah. the song. And it's just like, and, and I think when I watched it as a kid or a teenager, I I didn't really get it. I was what they're yeah. talking about. I yeah. was just like sometimes like like at those at early ages when I would watch some movies that like the dialogue would just go over my head. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I and I wouldn't really like hone in on what they're saying. Like I can hear the words, I yeah, understand, yeah, yeah. but I'm no. like I don't I don't it's not hitting me. It's not resonating with me. And now watching it or I mean I've seen it a bunch of times since I've been a a grown adult, but now it's funny. Now yeah. now it's something that we would probably be talking talking about about, for sure for sure um but yeah you're right it's it's right out the gates you get the like a virgin like a virgin story and it's such a odd choice of pop culture to be talking about yeah it's such an old song at that point yeah but i mean it's not that it's not that old it's like maybe it's old enough six or seven years old but old enough to where mr blue is already stopped being a Madonna fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, you're right. Um, he's like, ah, after the after Papa Don't Preach, yeah. I'm over it. But it, it's you know? it's um it's crazy. Just it's Tarantino out of the gates, like yeah. pop culture references, talking about things that have nothing to do with the heist or anything yeah. like that. And you have that 360 camera thing where it's just going around people's backs and you're not seeing people's faces for part of the dialogue and a bunch of other stuff. Just interesting choices all around, and the fact that. You know, that scene's written really well. And then, I mean, right after that, you you, you get to... There's so much chest puffing right from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, Mr. White and Joe, Joe. fucking yeah, going back book, at it with the book. book. Uh, Toby? Toby? Toby who? Toby Chan? Toby Chan? Toby, yeah. Fucking Charlie Chan. <laughs> Charlie <laughs> Chan. Yeah, just going at it. And then you get... Uh, Toby Wong? <laughs> you get... Uh, you you get the ri like the are blue collar criminal white guys, obviously they're gonna be racist. Yeah. Um like yeah. So you get all that and then you get Mr. Pink's whole thing about not, not tipping, tipping yeah. not tipping. Um and that thing is just it's that's another thing that you know you would have heard somewhere if you were sitting at a bar or a restaurant. Like it's just something that's there and you know it's a dollar that he was supposed Straight to throw up. in. Even back then? Yeah. A no, dollar. It's nothing. A dollar is but a dollar. His, but his like principle to not do it and you know, it it's just like you said, a lot of chest puffing right yeah. from the beginning and just interesting dialogue. And uh then we you know, they get up and then they walk out and we get the first needle drop and Love we get that. The, the title screen. And things about thing about needle drops, it's so common in movies and television and everything today. Um, For our younger listeners, uh, Needle Drops weren't really a thing. Um, I feel like they were really popularized by Scorsese and Tarantino. Yeah. Um, But they kind of started in television. Uh, Miami Vice was a big proponent of this. Mm -hmm. There's a super famous scene where they're about to go on a a little hit mission. and They're playing Phil Collins. Um, And uh, yeah, so that started like late 80s early 90s and quentin tarantino does it all the time like he he writes to music that he hears so that happens and then uh i love the the same way that it happens in pulp fiction The music's playing, and then you could, and then it's it's all black. You get the title scrolls and everything. Mm. You could tell Quentin Tarantino really loves titles because for me, I love doing titles too because there's really bad titles, but there's some that you could sit through if they're done really well. Yeah. Like Zombieland comes to mind. uh, Oh, yeah. Great title sequence. Um, But yeah, if they're done well, like I can sit through a title screen and really enjoy it. The Pulp Fiction one is fucking gold. Yeah. Uh,. It's 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 just a a niche thing, but it goes from that song, and then you start hearing the audio of Tim Roth screaming in the back seat of the car, oh, yeah. and then it cuts straight in that scene. And at this point, you don't even if you were walking in this movie blind, you don't even know what the movie's about. And then one of the the dude you just watched sitting at the table, he's got a fucking bull in his belly, and they're yeah. screaming back and forth. That's another scene that I think is I that, yeah. super iconic and really, really good. Oh, one thing that I wanted to point out about the, the no tipping thing. Um, it's been speculated, but I think Tarantino might have confirmed it. That when Joe comes back and he asks who didn't throw in, Mr. Orange tells on Mr. Pink right away. Oh, and, time, that, and that yeah. was an indication that he was the rat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... We go and we see that entire scene in the car. You're gonna be okay. <laughs> Say the fucking words. Uh, and then they get to the um, they get to the warehouse, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and there's just a lot of good stuff between uh, Mr. White and and Mr. Orange. The the vulnerability there, like all that oh, che- yeah. all that chest puffing he's is gone. Is gone. You see his humanity. Yeah. You see yeah. How close and he's almost. Cradling him like a child He asked him Can you please hold me And he holds him And I wrote I I always want to know He combs his hair And Mm -hmm. he whispers something To his ear And it makes Tim Roth laugh I want to know What he said to him I just It's I I wish he (coughs) Excuse me I wish he actually Said something to him And not just pretended Like he said something to him Like 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 Harvey Keitel The actor Or Yeah yeah. Okay okay Like if Instead of just going Yeah 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 No that would be Actually told him something yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. no, that would be... It'd be if I ever go to a panel and ask... He's See, like, oh, Harvey, I just said gibberish. Harvey Cartel or uh, like... Oh, I wonder if um, Tarantino wrote something that he was supposed to say. I have no idea. All that happens and then Mr. Pink bursts in and he's like, was that a fucking setup or what? Blah, blah. And he's like, oh, shit. Orange got tagged and... yeah, Right from the beginning, dude. I mean, not the whole tipping thing. Like, that's... It's a cool conversation but yeah. once Mr. Pink gets in that warehouse he's instantly my favorite character. Yeah. Uh he he's just he knows the score. He knows what happened. He he knows he, set he, up. he saw all of it. Um I love their conversation in the like in the, the other room, in the side room. Yeah. Um that's another part that people speculate about on the counter, there are jugs with liquid in them. And on the counter, there's a pink and a white one together and an orange one that's far away from them. Oh, shit. I didn't even yeah. notice that. Uh, but another little thing that I like in that scene, they're like, oh, they're lighting their cigarettes or whatever. And oh, then he, he, light, he, light it. he lights Mr. Orange's and then he goes to light his and doesn't even come close to the cigarette and then just they go on with, yeah. their, with their conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah, all that stuff is is really fucking good. But then lights it later. Yeah 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 because, because he's, he he knows he's not he's not smoking <laughs> anything. I I I just wanted to to say again like how genius it is for a first time director like knowing I'm not going to get a lot of money, I have to make this low budget. How am I going to do this? I'll put it all in one setting. This works as a, you could do it as a play. Oh, yeah. Um it it's all in one setting and we'll do little fucking flashbacks in a fucking restaurant, or an apartment, or an office, and yeah. that will be the re- like the rest of the That's world so awesome. building. You know, it's it was it's just really ingenious way to to do this. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's 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 cool because it could also be a play. And there's something about crime movies in the early '90s, like the when they're when they're showing them driving in the cars, and when they're showing them at a park... like the cars specifically. Like I. Being that young back then, with like grabbing the doors and they're because all the cars are still heavy metals, oh, yeah. like heavy. Super heavy I yeah. know what the cars smell like because every car had a fucking ashtray and ashes in it and everything. It's just yeah. something about it's just so um, tangible to me. Like when, sure. I, when I'm watching movies like this, and then uh, one of my one of my favorite scenes is uh, when White and Mister Pink get into it. Because he told, he tells him that he told, his, oh, told don't. him his name. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: And he asked me what my name was. I mean, the man was dying in my arms. What the fuck was I supposed to do? Tell him I'm sorry. I can't give out that fucking information. It's against the rules. I don't trust you enough. Or maybe I should have, but I couldn't.
1: I mean, fuck you and fuck Joe! Yeah, I'm sure it was a very beautiful scene between you. Don't fucking patronize you know, me! I question for you. Do they have a sheet on you where you're from? Yeah! Well, that's that then, man. But I mean, Jesus Christ, I was worried about mugshot possibilities as it was. Now he knows A, your name, B, what you look like, C, where you're from, and D, what your specialty is. They're not gonna have to show him a hell of a lot of pictures for him to pick you out. I mean, that's it, right? You didn't tell him anything else, I like can narrow down the selection. If I have to tell you again to back off, me, you're gonna go round and round. We ain't taking him to a hospital. We know he's going to die. And I'm very sad about that, but some fellas are lucky and some ain't. What the fuck are you touching me for, man? You want to fuck with me? I'll show you who you're fucking with. You want to shoot me, you little piece of shit? Go ahead, take a shot. Fuck you, White. I didn't create this situation. I'm dealing with it. You're acting like a first-year fucking thief. I'm acting like a professional. They get him, they could get you. They get you, they get closer to me, and that can't happen you looking at me like it's my fault. I didn't tell him my name. I didn't tell him where I was from. Shit, 15 minutes ago, you almost told me your name. Your buddy there is stuck in a situation you created. So if you want to throw bad looks somewhere. throw him in a the mirror.
0: They're like, oh, we're not taking him to the hospital, blah, blah. And then they start fucking fighting each other. And then he gets on the floor and he's like giving the spill. He's like, I didn't create this fucking, this situation I'm fucking dealing with. it." blah, blah, yeah. all, all that shit. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, That and then Madsen shows up. And uh, he seems totally fucking normal, but we got hints of what he did already between... When they're talking about Yeah, him. Mr. He's Pink. Like, he's like, I've never seen something so fucking sick in my life. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was this close to taking him out. That's when it's like, holy shit. Like like we said earlier, these guys have killed people. Before. Oh, no, for sure. Without a doubt. Yeah. But this dude is like the next level, and they're fucking sickened by him, by what he did. Yeah, and because... It, that's what's crazy. No, that like, is crazy. Yeah, because if... Like fucking stone cold killers Yeah Are like whoa Are dude. like dude This guy's a fucking madman Then yeah. you know like Oh shit You need to fucking watch <laughs> out For this guy Yeah Um. I also I mean we kind of glossed over But the part where He asks him like Oh how'd you get out How do you think And then you fucking him sh- Show him running yeah, Running And then fucking just Unloads on the cops And blows that dude's finger off And shit So cool Um. So yeah Matson shows up And Just drinking a soda Yeah I, I love I love uh, 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 him and him and uh, White are getting into it. You gonna d- bark all, all day, day, little doggy? doggy? Are you gonna bite? Uh, you're supposed to be professional, yeah. Um, all that stuff, and he's like, "Yeah, I like, uh, just talked to Joe, like, or talked to nice guy Eddie, blah blah, yeah. blah." So, come with me. I got something to show you. He's like, "What? Your French fries? No, I had them already." Just, <laughs> just, just come with me. So good. It was like, dude, this guy's fucking crazy. Um and then they they he opens up the trunk and you see that they have a cop in the car. Uh and the first iconic shot, trunk scene shot. Yeah, right? yeah, that yeah, he yeah. basically invented, right? I mean he didn't invent it, but he he coined it. Yeah. I mean uh uh Quentin Tarantino takes everything that somebody else did and makes it his own, pretty oh, okay. much. Um but they make it better. Pretty much, yeah. So he's Japanese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh he's that's no that's no like slight we're saying the japanese are better people than we are are cool as shit (laughs) you guys do everything better um (laughs) yeah and then and then we get uh we get the flashback of uh of toothpick Vic, which i never even noticed that they called him toothpick until this time until Mm -hmm. this time watching it uh, I also didn't notice. I I always noticed the elephant tusks, but Joe actually back. has a giant ass elephant fucking foot on his I never, like I table. Yeah, anything. I was like, dude, that's fucking crazy. Hmm. But um, I I I love Chris Penn Steez in this fucking movie. Like his his outfit, both of his outfits when he's like got the sports coat on oh, yeah. and everything like that. Um, Cowboy boots, and then yeah, and then like the the way he's like. You know, you get you you understand him and him and uh, Vic are like old old friends and everything like that. Uh, they're wrestling with each other, and then the more fucking like homophobic, racist shit comes oh, yeah. out when they're talking to each other. Yeah, um, it's 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 a it's such a cool device to give more info on a situation that's happening doing the flashbacks, and then also to reveal information about mm-hmm. stuff because. There's a difference between informing an audience and revealing, like, information, you know? Yeah. Um, and the reveal comes with Mr. Orange's story, but the information comes in, like, whites and Mr. Blondes. But, uh, that's neither here nor there. But, uh, um, oh, I also like the first, like, when they're taking the cop out of the trunk, you get the first nice guy, Eddie, in the car. I love his fucking, on the phone, I don't know, I don't oh, know yeah. what happened. It's like, I don't know who's caught, I don't know who's not. Yeah. Um... Which is something Tarantino does He loves to do Little rhymes Like here and there And I always think It's really cool Because most people Wouldn't Wouldn't do that Who's he talking to in, I don't, I don't know who, I don't know Who he's talking to Actually okay. But uh, yeah He uh, I, I just love uh, Chris Penn in this movie Is fucking great yeah. I, lo- I love Chris Penn in this movie All I know Is that he's on his way Yeah he's I fucking you I, I told you I talk to him yeah. <laughs> it Looks like Sam, Sam's hot ca- ca- car Dude I fucking love that line <laughs> Yeah dude <laughs> uh so good um yeah dude he, uh fucking chris penn in this movie his jet do that nike jacket i want that jacket so bad Hell yeah. i don't care what it looks like on me um <laughs> what you would call it uh after that i have uh do you like the the interrogation scene between blonde and the cop or is that too much for you it's obviously it's an it's a uh iconic scene for sure oh yeah alone at last that's what it this is okay so that's my next one um i wouldn't say it's one of my favorites but it's a good scene because like i said with pulp fiction for what this movie is doing that's doing it really well yeah to show how psychotic this guy is and how much of a liability yeah. he is, and why White's so pissed off, and everything. Without showing you the With, store, yeah, without the store scene, yeah, without without doing that, you get you get um, yeah, right there, you get all of it. Yeah, cuts his fucking ear off. Yeah, slashes his Just face for fun, and then he's gonna fucking light this motherfucker on fire. And then I was thinking last night too: had Orange not shot him, what do you think? Nice guys reaction would have been if he fucking opens the door and there's just a fucking charred ass dead body that like at that point i think he would he would have been like are you kidding me yeah like like, uh, there's cops everywhere yeah you're gonna light a guy on fire in here i think i think he would have been more upset than that but yeah um blonde super unhinged at that part and he's fucking torturing this dude obviously the needle drop in that one's probably one of the most iconic in cinema. Like uh Tarantino has a good reputation for taking songs that were popular at one point and then reinvigorating them mm. with, with with putting them to cinema and I, I think it, he's one of the best at it and or may be the best at it and it's it's fucking it's great. Oh, we were asking this question last night. I have one because I in I already did this, but if you could put any other song to that torture scene what song would you put mm. I, this is probably not a good answer but i don't know why the sound of silence came to my mind right away just right away i mean yeah. that's good it just boom because he cuts silence. his ears off oh, his silence. ear off yeah it's like, you know <laughs> no that's uh yeah i you know what i think uh there would have to be like some slow motion in there or something like that. I yeah. don't know with that song. But uh, I don't know if it would work perfectly for this scene. But I wrote something when I was in college inspired by this. Um, and I was trying to think. It was like some dude's going to kill some guy. Um, and the way he's doing it is by filling up a bathtub with the radio in it. But he turns the song on first mm-hmm. so nobody can hear him screaming. And I was like, what's the most... What's would be the worst song you ever heard, right before you die? Like right before you die, and it was "Come On Eileen" by Dexy Moonlight Runners, <laughs> uh, or Midnight Runners, and that's probably the the song I would pick for that one. Uh, oh, and then I also never noticed that when the camera pans over when he's cutting his head, uh, cutting his ear off, there's a a thing on the archway that says "Watch Your head, head" on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never noticed that. Um, and I love the fucking, he's, he's about to light the fire right before, um, right before Orange shoots him, and he lifts it up and he says, how about a little fire, Scarecrow, like a Wizard of Oz reference? Yeah. It's just, I don't know, for some reason I always thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fucking insane. And then obviously, uh, obviously Orange plugs him, unloads on him. Yeah. And then, uh. We and get he, the reveal. They're yeah. ta- they're talking to each other, and then we find out that Orange is the rat, and then we get his backstory. I don't know if first you could remember, but what was your initial reaction when you found out that he was the rat? Mm, I mean, there was no way that I had any Idea inclinations that he, that was, he yeah. was. Um. Yeah, it was just it was just like holy shit. Okay, yeah. he he he's the he's the cop. He's the guy. He's the, he's undercover. Um, I remember immediately thinking, like, holy shit, Marvin is a, or Marvin, right, is the cop's name? Freddy. Oh, Marvin, yeah, Marvin Nash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, holy shit, that dude's a real one, like. Yeah, he didn't fucking uh, tell you, he got his fucking ear dude. cut off, yeah. Like, yeah, and, I don't know, that was just like a crazy, and then, and then immediately, like, then he starts going, I'm deformed, and then he freaks out dude. on him.
1: Ah, shit
0: hey you
1: what's your name Marvin Marvin what Marvin Dash. listen to me Marvin I'm a- Listen to me more than Nash, I'm a cop. <clears throat> yeah, I know. You do? <laughs> yeah, your name's Freddy something. Moondike. Freddy Moondike. <clears throat> Frankie Fischetti, introduced us about five months ago. I don't remember that at all. That <laughs> fuck. Oh, that sick fuck. That fucking bastard. Oh. Mom, I need you to hold on. This cop's waiting <laughs> to move in block away. What the fuck are they waiting for? Uh, this fucking guy slashes my face. And he cuts my fucking ear off. I'm fucking deformed. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm fucking dying here. I'm fucking dying.
0: No, that ends like like, like we said, dude. I don't think anybody's overacting in yeah. this movie. <laughs> He's like, I'm literally all. dying here. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm fucking dying here. I'm fucking dying. He's like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> he just goes, you're right. Dude, yeah, it's it's fucking crazy. What the fuck are they waiting for? Yeah. Dude, yeah. Uh just so just so much good shit in this yeah. movie. And it's just the mythos that they, they create in in this um when they're going over the plan, they're getting their names. Here are your names. Mr. Brown,
2: Mr. White, Mr. Blonde, Mr. Blue, Mr. Orange. Mr. Pink. Why am I Mr. Pink? Because you're a faggot, all right? <laughs> Why can't we pick our own colors? No way, no way. Try it once, it doesn't work. You get four guys all fighting over who's going to be Mr. Black. But they don't know each other, so nobody wants to back down. No way, I pick. You're Mr. Pink. Be thankful you're not Mr. Yellow.
1: Y- yeah, but Mr. Brown, that's a little too close to Mr. Shit. Mr. Pink sounds like Mr. Pussy. How about if I'm Mr. Purple? I mean, that sounds good to me. I'll, I'll be Mr. Purple.
2: You're not Mr. Purple. Some guy on some other job is Mr. Purple. You're Mr. Pink.
1: Who cares what your name is? Yeah, that's easy for you to say. You're Mr. White. You have a cool sounding name. All right, look, if it's no big deal to be Mr. Pink, you want to trade?
2: Hey, nobody's trading with anybody. This ain't a goddamn fucking city council meeting, you know. Now listen up, Mr. Pink. There's two ways you can go on this job. My way or the highway. Now, what's it gonna be, Mr. Pink? Jesus Christ, Joe, fucking
1: forget about it. It's beneath me, you know, I'm Mr. Pink. Let's move on.
2: I'll move on when I feel like it. You guys got got the goddamn message? So goddamn mad, Howard, you guys can hardly talk.
0: Let's go to work. Another funny conversation. Oh, I love that scene. Oh, Mr. Brown sounds too Too much like Mr. Mr. Shit, or Mr. Pink sounds like Mr. Pussy or whatever. (laughs) And they're just they're arguing back and forth. And then fucking, I I always love Joe's fucking line. It's like you're not Mr. Purple. Some other guy in Uh, another job job is Mr. Purple. You're Mr. Pink. Uh, yeah, he's um. Be glad you're not Mr. Yellow. (laughs) Yeah, I fucking I uh. I love that part. It's just it's just really funny because like we said, they're they're getting down to business, and they they just have these stupid qualms about their fucking names. I think and all it's that great shit. that he puts in the little thing of why no one's Mister Black. Oh, because everybody's fighting over Mister. Yeah, because I think that's so sick that that is you know that's like yeah something well yeah. thought out because yeah everyone would want to be and Mr. nobody Black. knows each other so nobody's nobody backing down. down yeah. Um, that shit's genius. Those little things like that is, oh, is no, really for, sick. Oh no, for sure, for that sure. he thinks of. I love I love um I mean there there's a lot in Mr. White's Mr. Orange's story when he first shows up at the diner, that's the diner from the Big Lebowski. Oh okay. Uh, I know uh I I feel like I knew that but I remembered last night. Um the Commode story scene. I I love that. Uh specifically when he when he's when he's in the bathroom like oh yeah just fucking doing all that stuff and i love how he's telling the story but he's still like there and like the cops and that and dude the buddy, the, <laughs> buddy i dude i did that i did that today because i watched it last night and i was uh, i was working on this excel file at work and just, something wasn't working the right way and i was just like buddy i'm going know, to shoot, shoot you in, in the f- face yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know yeah. Dude, that guy looks like such a cop, though. Oh, like, dude, the most cop, the, ever. the poster child. Yeah, for a, a cop. fucking cop, it's insane. I'm going to fucking blow you away, <laughs> dude. Brian fucking loves that part, dude. I, dude, I, I love, love that part. That part. Too. Like it's we so would, funny. we would send it to each other all the time. Just be like, buddy. Uh, one, one thing that that always uh, grinds my gears is. Uh, <laughs> when orange goes to use the dryer oh he does a point and then it cuts and he's doing a gun and i'm like ah that kind of fucking just kills it because the gun thing is so cool because it's like subtext of him being a criminal and he doesn't give a fuck but they just didn't fucking get the continuity right yeah it always bugged me um but uh yeah we already talked about tim ross accent isn't great when he's going through his commode story he's like I'm telling you, yeah, like it's 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 weird, dude. It's super weird. Um, I love the conversation about E. Lois in the car. I was gonna say I love the lady. And then we get we get so much like a lot more racist shit. So on the rewatchables when they did this, uh, I feel like they kind they're they're a bunch of white guys except for a few of them. Um, they always talk about like oh the racist stuff didn't age well, and in certain movies I I agree, but like I said before it's the 1990s these are criminal white dudes i can't imagine that they're racially sensitive no, at all no. like they would that's how they would like it's authenticity like that's how they would be talking yeah you know and they probably worked with black guys and had conversation with yeah, black guys. But and all those dudes dated, in that blo- world dated black women but they like don't that. yeah they don't fucking care yeah. at all you know i mean there's a lot of people today that talk like that and to exclude it what i think would just kind of make it a little less real but um yeah, you know sure. that's always a big controversy with tarantino because he uses the n-word a lot in his movies but you know i i think i think it works for for the and, mo- it, for and the it's movie. not like he makes every white person in his movies say the n-word yeah, yeah. it's like the ones that you would look you would you would, you would expect them to say and they it. do yeah, yeah but he doesn't make them all say it yeah because there's not a lot of good people in any of his movies <laughs> yeah they're all kind of pieces of shit and that's like the fun part. Um but uh yeah, so that's all that's all good and grand, and then uh after that I got the Final scene. The, the standoff. Yeah. Uh when they walk back in and Nice Gaddy sees Blonde dead and Orange tells him that he was gonna kill him, immediately Love shoots a part. cop. I think Chris Penn this is, is so fucking good in that scene. Yeah.
2: You weren't there during the job, Betty. You didn't see how we acted. We did.
1: It's right about the year. It's hacked off. All right, let me just say this out loud, because I want to get this straight in my head. You're saying that Mr. Blonde was going to kill you, and then when we got back, he was going to kill us, take the satchel of diamonds, and scram. I'm right about that, right? That's correct. That's your story? I swear on my mother's eternal soul is what happened. The man you just killed just got released from prison. He got caught at a company warehouse full of hot items. He could have fucking walked. All he had to do was say my dad's name, but he didn't. He kept his fucking mouth shut. And he did his fucking time, and he did it like a man. He did four years for us. So Mr. Orange, you're telling me that this very good friend of mine, who did four years for my father who in four years never made a deal no matter what they dangled in front of him. You're telling me that now that this man is free and we're making good on our commitment to him, he's just gonna decide out of the fucking blue to rip us off? Why don't you tell me what really happened?
0: I just just can't emphasize enough how much I'm like, dude, in this situation, everything, that that bulging of the eyes that he does. Why don't you tell me what really happened (laughs) out of the fucking blue, dude. I I love it. I fucking love it, dude. It's so good. So good. And like even last night, we were watching it, and and Jerry was watching with me, and on that part, he laughed. And I was like... No, like he—he's yeah. fucking. That's like his brother. Dude. Yeah. He just got fucking yeah. mowed down, and not on top and of that, he didn't get mowed down. He's yeah. getting lied to about yeah. some bullshit, yeah, yeah. you know. So yeah, Joe walks in, and he immediately is like, "Oh, Orange is the guy." Yeah. White's like, "No, not bro. No. Like, no. You you shoot that man, me, Joe." You, yeah. <laughs> I, I and then I love I love you know Chris penn has got to fucking cool it because now his dad's life is in danger. He's yeah. like.
2: That lump of shit's working with the LAPD. I don't have the slightest fucking idea what you're talking about. Joe, Joe, I don't know what you think you know, but you're wrong. Like hell I am. Joe, trust me on this. You've made a mistake. He's a good kid. I understand. You're hot. You're super fucking pissed. We're all real emotional, but you're barking up the wrong tree. I know this man. He wouldn't do that. You don't know jack shit. I do. The cocksucker tipped off the cops, and then Mr. Brown and Mr. Blue killed.
1: Mr. Blue is dead? The
2: dead as diligent. How do you know all this? It was the only one I wasn't 100% on. I should have my fucking head examined going ahead when I wasn't 100%. That's your proof? You don't need proof when you have instinct. I ignored it before, but no more. You lost your fucking mind.
1: Joe. Sure. You're
2: making a terrible mistake, I'm not gonna let you make
1: Come on, guys. Nobody wants this. We're supposed to be fucking professionals. I right, look. It's been quite a long time. A lot of jobs. There's no need for this, man. Let's just put our guns down, and let's settle this with a fucking conversation. Joe, if you kill that man, you die next. Repeat, if you kill that man, you die next. Larry, we have been friends And you respect my dad and I respect you But I will put fucking bullets right through your heart you put that fucking gun down Now
2: God damn you, Joe
1: Don't make me do this Larry, stop putting that fucking gun at my dad
0: All right. uh, Larry, I've known you a long time And you respect my dad and I respect you But I will fucking, dude, yeah shoot It's just you in the so fucking good so good And uh You know Pink pink hides The guns go off Oh yeah White's able to knock out Both Joe and Nice Guy Eddie And then He crawls over to Orange And I asked myself I never asked myself this before Why the fuck does he tell him That he's a cop 10 minutes 5 No Not even 10 minutes Fucking Dude 30 seconds goes by And the cops come in He would have been fine But when he tells him he's a cop, White puts a gun to his head and blows his brains out. Mm. It's fucking baffling to me. Yeah. He held on that long just to come clean then? I think... I think... um, After everything they went through in the short time that he knew Larry... Yeah. Like... And how he was taking care of him. Yeah. He felt fucked up and he felt wrong. <laughs> because he says sorry a, a bunch of about times. About lying yeah, to him. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? This guy might be a criminal, might have killed people. I watched him kill probably some of my friends yeah. who were in that car. Yeah. He goes, but fuck. Like, I'm sorry, man. Like, I, this is this is wrong. Like, and, yeah. I, and I deserve to die. If I'm going to die right now, then yeah. I I want to die with a clear conscience. Yeah, I, I get that too. And like, I think about... When he was telling them, take me to the hospital, he's like, I can't. He goes, just drop me off. I won't say shit. And I really believe that he wouldn't have said shit. You know? Like, maybe. I, our, I mean, probably not about white, but yeah. at, at the same time, they already were looking at mugshots of him like weeks before when, yeah. they were, when they were doing all this stuff. So, But like, you got, like, I think about that part. Like, he wants to live, right? He yeah. wants to live so badly. He's like, just take me to the hospital. I won't say shit. But then like, still like holding on to like i'm not i'm not a cop like, yeah but like, not saying it yeah, right yeah, there yeah, yeah. he knows they'll just pop him right there yeah of course so he's just holding on i don't know to what what does he think is going to happen like like you know what i mean like yeah. it, it's a crazy thing that i think about every time i see well i really thought about today when i was watching it looking at mr orange I'm Like, dude he's laying there and he's like I'm fucked either way I can't get up and leave They're not gonna take me to the hospital But I still can't tell them I'm a cop Mm. And you know it's like Maybe that'd be the easier thing to say I'm undercover Boom kill me Yeah No I'm gonna hold on I'm gonna hold And you're right And then It's like he does tell him, But it's like In that whole time how, How much thinking was going on in his head Like he was just like Fuck yeah, dude, what the fuck? And I killed that lady because I think yeah, that yeah, fucked yeah, yeah. him up too, oh, right? No, for sure, yeah. When he when he shot her and watched yeah. her die, he's like, "Fuck, I'm one of the, I'm one of these guys." Yeah, yeah. There's no such thing as halfway crooks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I love the hip hop references on this plot so far. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then um, when I was a kid watching this movie, obviously quality of dvds audio and even our televisions wasn't that great um so i always thought mr pink got away but no he does you can hear you can hear um outside they fucking light him up yeah uh but yeah that's pretty much the whole movie and then we get the black screen and then fucking lime and the coconut plays and i think there i think um the use of the the music in this because it doesn't fit what's happening Mm -hmm. it's just unnerving it takes something kind of happy and and playful and makes it really really scary yeah um and i think that's why the music in this movie works really really well um but yeah uh reservoir dogs man it's it's a great fucking movie and kind of it's another one if it's on tv i'm gonna watch it yeah uh sure. and i definitely watch it at least once a year for sure uh it's it's just a fucking great movie and if you haven't seen it and we ruined the entire movie for you you're it's, dumb it's been long enough yeah 30 years <laughs> yeah 20 years 30 oh shit 30 years it came out in 92 yeah you're right fuck that's why we're doing it today yeah. i said 20 years earlier i i always like to think that the 90s was not yeah. that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Oh, fuck! I'm old, um yeah, dang it's crazy to think sometimes it's I think about movies that I'm so familiar with, mm-hmm. but when they came out, I was like fucking three years old, yeah, and I had no idea that later on, um I would be so attached to something that I might have seen in passing, but just didn't fucking ever really give a shit about, mm-hmm. uh. So, yeah, is there anything else about the movie that you noticed this time or that you wanted to bring up? Yeah. Um, so, you know, throughout the movies we've done, like, I'll notice things and I'll, like, make references to, like, bands or, like, you know, metal yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. hip-hop, whatever. It's kind of your deal. Today, uh-huh. I, I don't know why I never noticed it before, but the scene where they're in the other room yeah. of the mortuary uh-huh. and Mr. Pink cocks his gun... That audio clip of him loading his gun is the audio clip that this band, um, uh, At the Gates, uses oh. on a song called Suicide Nation. Oh, nice. And I know it right away because I, I heard him do heard it. it. So like, many times. Yeah. And then the song starts. That makes... And I was like, oh, fuck. That's the scene, that's the clip they use. I think um and it makes sense cuz that album came like out like a year after that. Oh, really? Uh, after Reservoir Dogs. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh I think I know I talked about it on a previous podcast. Uh my cousin used to make uh I don't know if they were mixtapes or if they were CDs, but you would burn parts of movies before a song would play mm-hmm. and uh one of the parts where Pink is talking about we're, You're acting Or like We're supposed to be Fucking professionals, professionals Or whatever Like yeah. uh, He That that was one clip That I remember He he put on there um, But uh, yeah any Anything else? Um, I love the part When they're in the beginning When Mr. Blue is He's like You know If she does something special You know Then maybe I'll tip uh, yeah. goes, What's special? Taking you in the back suck Sucking your, your dick? dick? Taking you in the back <laughs> Sucking your dick Uh yeah Oh I, I have to, I have to mention this too um I, I I like to bring it up anytime because I know I've done it a few times and uh in this movie Mr. Blue I mentioned before in Grand Theft Auto Vice City a lot of that that game um and Grand Theft Auto in general a lot of those games have movie references in them and uh Mr. Blue's character is pretty much like copied and pasted in yeah. in uh Grand Theft Auto Vice City and I always just think it's cool especially that franchise the way they do it and they pay homage to gangster films and stuff like that um but yeah uh anything else before we move to the to the last last segment Before we do that last segment I have one question but right. uh, before we get to that one question um I have a couple things here Did you know that Tim Roth's apartment was above the mortuary. I did not. Um. He he was live oh. Sorry. In the movie, that's right above. It's the same building. Oh, okay. okay. In the in the film. Um, oh, and this was cool. Mr. Blue was a real bank robber in real life. No shit. And throughout the seventies, uh, he was in like a bunch of uh Correctional facilities At the age of 42 He got out And he started writing Crime novels And Damn. Tarantino was a fan of his That's crazy Yeah That's super cool how he, how he How that came to be Oh shit And that's why they call him Mr. Blue His semi-autobiographical novel Was called Little Boy Blue Oh wow So that's what they call that's, him That's yeah, dude Mr. Yeah Tar- Tarantino has a knack for Like Seeing talent And then like wanting to work with them really bad uh by the time pulp fiction came out travolta's career was essentially dead Mm -hmm. and uh he's so fucking good in that movie and rightfully won an oscar for it that's his best yeah i don't he'll never top that um and then it it, throughout the rest of the 90s he was fucking in a lot of shit (laughs) uh but yeah i think he did the same thing with with uh he really liked every- everybody he works with he just followed their career for a long time and really wanted to work with them yeah um the one the one that I was the most upset that didn't fucking take off was uh Michael Keaton in the nineties after Batman, he kind of just fizzled out mm. and then he's in jackie brown and oh yeah. even even after that uh nothing really happened for him until Birdman in two thousand twelve i think mm. two thousand yeah something like that, well. That's Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now we move on to the hard question. Jason, you're a producer. I'm a producer. We get the rights to Reservoir Dogs. We can't make a sequel. Do we make a remake or a prequel? Fuck, that's hard. Um, maybe a, pre- a prequel? I don't know. I, I, I'm i not a fan of remakes, really. Yeah. But I was thinking maybe it might be kind of sick if they did it like with... Like I don't know, man. Nah, I'm gonna go with sequel. Fuck that. With the or sequel? I mean, sorry, a uh, sequel. A prequel. Uh, prequel. Okay. Yeah. I think they should make a remake and have BTS be the Reservoir Dogs. You know who BTS is BTS. Yeah. yeah. It's like the most fucking biggest band in the world. They're a Korean pop band. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah. Them or uh, what's that band that Harry Styles was in? one direction one direction wait is that the I, band here I, I don't fucking know, know. It, they should just be pop singers and it should be a musical oh, God. <laughs> no actually you know what i'm i'm down to do a remake uh, broadway adaptation uh, but a musical of reservoir dogs that's insane it is insane <laughs> but i think it's a great idea um, All right. yeah i think we do that i i you know some people that i i i think it'd just be fun to throw throw them in the mix um just as other people playing the roles mm-hmm. for some reason i feel like i could see willem defoe in, in this movie oh yeah um i feel like he could as mr pink no, no i think he could i think he could do white or mr blonde maybe uh yeah i don't know why i thought of him right away i'm just thinking about actors i think uh alec baldwin could have been mr blonde yeah for sure yeah yeah uh I think he was too big of a star at the time To have ever looked at this role But Bet you He would die to be in a Tarantino movie now Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah uh, I got a question for you Yeah Are the diamonds That Mr. Pink took Are those That what's in the case in Pulp Fiction? No No? No Because it's a gold light It's not a diamond light Yeah Alright whatever (laughs) Uh, yeah. Alright, well, I think that about wraps it up. Jason, where can the people follow us? Play it again, man, underscore pod, right? Podcast. Play it again, man, underscore pod pod. Uh, On Instagram and on Twitter and uh, what's that other one that the kids are on? TikTok. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, no. Play it again, man, underscore pod at all those uh, different avenues. And yeah, this was really fun. Uh we're gonna have another episode out for you guys real soon. And me and Jason are working on something hopefully pretty big, so yeah. Really excited about that stuff and we'll give you more information and make sure you're looking at the polls on Instagram and you're voting on the polls because we need your feedback. And like we said, if you guys if we missed anything, if you guys have any movie requests, if you anything at all, message us, let us know. We love to interact with you guys. Um but for play it again, man. Don't forget If you're ever feeling down, you're going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm Steve Valdez. (laughs) Jason Brunez. And we will see you at the movies next week. (laughs)